So as we kick off, what I want you to do is imagine that tonight you go home and you go to sleep and you're, you're out like a light, brilliant sleep, and in your deep dreams, God appears to you, stay with me, God appears to you and says, ask for whatever you want me to give you. God shows up in your dream and says, whatever you want, ask for it and I'll give it to you. What would you go for? Think about it for a minute. Imagine it actually happened. What would you go for? God says, whatever you want, ask it and I'll give it to you. Over to you. That situation might sound uh, more like something out of Aladdin than out of the Bible, um, but it's exactly what happened to King Solomon, the author of Ecclesiastes. God appeared to him in a dream early on in his reign and asked him and said to him, ask for whatever you want me to give you. And Solomon asked for wisdom. He said, I want wisdom. And God basically said, that's a good choice. Good call. And he granted his request. And I wonder, hand on heart, and if, if, you, didn't, if you hadn't already known that the, topic, the title of the talk was wisdom, how many of you would have gone, yeah, wisdom, that's what I've asked for. If God showed up in the middle of the night and said, whatever you want, I, I've got a long list of things <laughs> before I get to wisdom, Right? And I think that's in part because the world around us has no real place for wisdom. We we, we are absolutely swamped with information. Seemingly with the entire accumulated knowledge of human history in our pockets, on our phones at any given time. And yet, according to the Bible, wisdom is so much more than knowledge. Wisdom isn't just knowing facts or Googling stuff. Wisdom is a kind of skill. The the skill of living well in God's world. Uh, The ability to to live with the grain of creation, to, to, to work with how the world really is. And wisdom takes time. You can't scan read wisdom. You can't download it. It needs to be formed and crafted, and so our fast food world has little place for it. But Solomon asked for wisdom, and God said, yeah, that's a good choice. God thinks wisdom is really valuable, really precious. And in today's passage, today's verses, and in the whole book of Ecclesiastes, we see why. We see the blessings of wisdom. The blessings of wisdom. So come with me back to our first reading, Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 12, page 671. The blessings of wisdom. Then I turned my thoughts to consider wisdom and also madness and folly. What more can the king's successor do than what has already been done? I saw that wisdom is better than folly, just as light is better than darkness. The wise have eyes in their heads while the fool walks in the darkness. If you've been with us um, for our series in Ecclesiastes so far, you'll know that normally when Solomon comes across uh, something in his search for meaning, the first thing he does is dismiss it as meaningless. Literally vapour, smoke. So start of chapter 2, pleasure, meaningless. Later on in chapter 2, work, meaningless. (laughs) Chapter 1, verse 2, everything, meaningless. But here, he doesn't start that way. Wisdom, meaningless, no. I saw that wisdom was better than folly. 
On one level, it doesn't, you don't have, I don't have to tell you that, right? It's, kind of like, it's better to be wise than to be a fool. Wisdom is better than folly, just as light is better than darkness. And, and I've got plenty of experience of being a fool. Uh, let me tell you about one, one experience. So um, a few years ago, um, my wife Rose and I went to Oxford um, for a day out. It was very nice. Before we had children, very relaxing. Um, and towards the end of the day, I thought, you know what would be really lovely, nice romantic end of the day? We'll walk along the canal path back towards the station in the sunset. Problem being, well, problem one is that the canal path in Oxford isn't very nice, but that's, that's beside the point. Uh, problem two is that by during the sunset, what I really meant was kind of after the sun had already set. And so halfway along, it was really quite dark, kind of, you know, sun has properly gone. And you realise actually that a canal path has no lighting. That's one of the features of canal paths, that they tend to have trees that cut out most of the background lighting around them. And so it gets to the point where you, what was supposed to be a romantic stroll has become a kind of careful picking your way along the path to make sure you don't fall in. And to be honest, you know, jump, getting jumpy at every noise. I don't know if you've ever been in those kind of situations where you find yourself thinking, this is properly dark. I don't like this. God says, if you can be as smart as you like. You can, be, uh, uh, you can know as much as you like. You can be as kind as you like, as gentle as you like, but if you don't have wisdom, you're walking through life in the dark without a torch. The fool walks in the darkness. But the wise, the wise can see. They can see what to do, how to work with the grain of the world. So, so you feel like you don't know whether to stick with your current job or whether you should be looking for something else and, and applying or maybe trying to change the direction of your career. Things, you can't Google the answer to that. You need wisdom. Wisdom would, would be, is the light that would, you'd see the path forward. Someone you, you really care about, maybe a friend or a, a sibling, is making choices in a consistent way in their life that you know is not good for them. You can't Google what to do next. You need wisdom to know what the best next step is, what, how they're going to hear it, what, what, maybe, what, what words would be received well. Wisdom is better than folly, just as light is better than darkness. And actually, if we look at the whole of Ecclesiastes, it's not just when we're trying to come up with our plans that wisdom is, is a blessing as a kind of guiding light. No, wisdom is a blessing when all of our plans go wrong. Uh, chapter 7, verse 12, we're told that wisdom is a shelter as money is a shelter. The advantage of knowledge is this. Wisdom preserves those who have it. Wisdom is a shelter, right? So again, another example of me being a fool. I never check the weather forecast. If it's sunny in the morning, it's just going to be sunny all day, right? That's how, that's how the world works. That's how, how Britain works. So I come into work here. And then at the end of the day, often I've been sitting in here and you don't really notice what the weather is or whatever. And then you come around the corner, look up and you think, oh, flip, it's raining really hard. No coat, no umbrella. I need to go home. It's a 15-minute walk. Oh, look, it's not a big deal. I'm going to dry off when I get home. But it's just frustrating. It's foolish. God says without wisdom, you are, you are always without an umbrella. You're always going to get caught in the rain, caught in the storms of life. You find out maybe that one of your parents has Alzheimer's and is going to need significant care, potentially for, for many, many years, right? Wisdom is a shelter as money is a shelter. Look, money is going to help. 
in that kind of situation? Of course it is. But what you really need is wisdom, the wisdom to know, well, hang on, I've got these responsibilities and these things that I think God's calling me to do, and I'm called to honor my father and mother at the same time. What do I do? You go into what you thought was a regulation uh, performance review, and you come out fired. It's not great IHR, but that's not the point. Um, what do you do? Like money's going to, again, wisdom is a shelter, money's a shelter. Money's going to help you. It's going to be good if you've got savings. That's going to give you some room to breathe. But it's all, that's all it's going to give you. It's not going to give you direction to know what to do next, where to apply, where to spend time and effort and energy. That requires wisdom. Wisdom is better than folly. Wisdom's really good. Like, your life will go better if you live with the grain of creation rather than trying to go your own way. Your life will go better, on average, if you open your eyes to the reality of the world that God has made rather than stumbling around in the dark. And listen, that is true regardless of your situation. And it's true regardless of what you make of Jesus. This is, this is about how the world is. It's just, a, it's just out there. It's, it's how God has made things. It's the blessing of wisdom. But even though wisdom is better than folly, just as light is better than darkness, being wise doesn't fix everything. Part of being wise is knowing that being wise doesn't fix everything. One of the great joys of this book of Ecclesiastes is that it is brutally honest about the reality of life. There's no sugarcoating. There's no pretending that if only we got this, everything would be perfect in this fallen world. And so, of course, Ecclesiastes gives us the blessings of wisdom. It also gives us the limits of wisdom. The limits of wisdom. Come with me to chapter 2, verse 14. The wise have eyes in their heads while the fool walks in darkness. But I came to realize that the same fate overtakes them both. Then I said to myself, the fate of the fool will overtake me also. What then do I gain by being wise? I said to myself, this too is meaningless. For the wise like the fool will not be long remembered. The days have already come when both have been forgotten. Like the fool, the wise too must die. So ultimately, the verdict is that wisdom too is meaningless. Vapour, smoke. Because like the fool the wise must die. Like the fool, the wise will not long be remembered. The same fate overtakes them both. We can be as wise as we like. We can take all the good decisions we like. We're still going to die. Wisdom may be a shelter. Maybe something that preserves us in, in the storms of life, but it is no shelter against the storm of death, against that ultimate storm. So wisdom might help you make a good choice when it comes to who you work for. But if you're here with us last week, you'll have seen that the reality is you put in your work, you leave it to someone else, and it might completely crumble. Who knows? Wisdom might lead you to make wise decisions when it comes to caring for aging parents. But once they've passed away, who is going to know? Who's going to remember? Who's going to care? 
If that's the reality of the world, then do we really want to see? Do we really want to see, right? Wisdom is better than folly, just as light is better than darkness. But what good is seeing your path if ultimately you end up with a cliff of death over which you're going to tumble? Chapter 1, verse 18, for with much wisdom comes much sorrow. The more knowledge, the more grief. That's not it. That's not all. If we look at the whole of Ecclesiastes, we see that actually it's not just death, this, the nothing lastness of life, that acts as a limit on the blessings of wisdom or, or on wisdom itself. Even in this life, our wisdom, our understanding, our ability to live well in God's world will always be limited. Always be limited. Chapter 8, verse 17, no one can comprehend what goes on under the sun. Despite all their efforts to search it out, no one can discover its meaning, even if the wise claim they know they cannot really comprehend it. Wouldn't you love to really comprehend it? Wouldn't you love to really get it, to really understand, to be able to look at life and think, I've got it. I get it. I, I know what's going on here. To, to be confident that, that, you know, okay, I'm going to face this. I don't, know, I don't know what situation I'm going to face, but I know how life works now. And so whatever situation comes my way, I'm going to know the way forward. Whatever, whatever, whatever life throws at me, I've got it. I've got it down. Like, I, I wish that. I, I want that. God says it's impossible. You're never going to get there. You're never going to bottom it out. No one can comprehend it. You're never going to bottom it out. Because life's not a puzzle. It's not a puzzle with pieces that eventually, if we just put them all together, we'll, we'll, life is meaningless. It's, it's literally it's vapor, it's smoke. It's always beyond our grasp. Wisdom is good really good. It's a good thing. But it's not a guarantee. It's, it, we're never going to be guaranteed that we're going to get it right. That we're, we're going to make, make the right call. We're going to, we're going to manage to, to live well in God's world. After all, you look at Solomon, right? God made Solomon the wisest man in the world. People came from all over the Near East to, 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 to the Middle East to, 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 to hear from him, to, to, to see his wisdom, and he made a complete mess of his life. Generation down the line, Kingdom torn in two. Nothing left, really. We've got to get this. And I know personally speaking, I've got to get this because, because the danger otherwise is that we become fools who think that wisdom can give us independence from God. Right? That if only I really got it, if only I was wise enough, if only I'd bought it down, then I wouldn't have to depend on God anymore and I could just do my life. Just me. Right? It's tempting, isn't it? Satan knew what he was doing. Genesis chapter 3. How did he tempt Adam and Eve? When you eat the fruit of the tree, of the knowledge of good and evil, your eyes will be opened. You'll have eyes in your head. You'll be able to see. And you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. You'll have a God-like wisdom. You won't need God anymore. You'll be able to look at the world and work it out for yourselves. And Adam and Eve said, yeah, I'll have some of that. With terrible consequences. We can be taken in by the same lie. That if only I, you know, and like, you know, if only I, you know, even if I, I, if I, if I knew enough about the Bible, then I'd be able to answer all the questions on the Bible without having to think or depend on God. 
let alone all the other parts of life that I want to be able to stand on my own two feet in. Well, listen again to the wisdom of Ecclesiastes. No one can comprehend what goes on under the sun. Despite all their efforts to search it out, no one can discover its meaning. Even if the wise claim they know, they cannot really comprehend it. And so true wisdom is not found in trying to go it alone. It's not found in trying to figure everything out for ourselves. It's found as we come to Jesus Christ. The wisdom of God. Christ, the wisdom of God. So turn with me to our second reading, page 1144. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. So Paul, Paul is writing here to a church that thought that they were very wise. And he writes this. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, verse 22. But we preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Paul says Christ is the wisdom of God. Not just Christ tells us the wisdom of God, not just Christ reveals the wisdom of God, Christ the second person of the Trinity, the eternal Son, born into our world, is the wisdom of God. And so as we, as we look at the limits of wisdom, that should not, in fact, that must not lead us to give up on wisdom, to say, oh, I'm fine, I'll just Google it. No. They should drive us to pursue Christ, to seek him, because in him, the blessings of wisdom are fulfilled and the limits of wisdom are overcome. Ecclesiastes tells us, wisdom is better than folly, just as light is better than darkness. And Jesus, the very wisdom of God, says, yeah, I'm that light. John 8, 12, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Ecclesiastes tells us that wisdom is a shelter, as money is a shelter. And Jesus says, yeah, I'm that shelter. I'm that shelter. Matthew 7, verse 24, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Jesus says, something greater than Solomon is here. In me. I'm true wisdom. I'm the light. I'm the shelter. Come to me. Yeah, the cross looks like foolishness, doesn't it? If you ever wanted a better picture of what failure looks like, you'd struggle than the cross. Here is Jesus, abandoned, alone, dying in the darkness, naked and exposed. To all appearances, he's a fool. Done, he's, he's achieved nothing. He's done nothing. And here he is dying a horrible criminal's death. Foolishness. And God says, there, there is the true wisdom of God. There is the depths of the wisdom of God because 
as Christ dies in our place, we have a shelter through death, through judgment. Because as Christ defeats death on the cross, we have a wisdom that that does not just show us the way forward, but changes where we're going. No longer are we headed only to death. Instead, in Christ and through him, we're headed through death and into the light of everlasting life. That is true wisdom. Like the fool, the wise must die. But the truly wise... Those who come to Christ, the wisdom of God, will live even though they die. That's Christ's promise. And look, in this life, we will never truly get it. Christ doesn't wave a magic wand so that suddenly we get it. No, we will never fully comprehend what is going on. We'll never get to the point where it feels like we always have to do, we always know what to do. And here's the good news, we don't have to get there. Because Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. God never meant for us to figure it all out for ourselves. He meant for us to grow in his image, in his likeness, in his wisdom as we walk with Christ. As we follow him, listen to his voice day by day by day confident that as we do that, we will never walk in darkness, but we'll have the light of life. And so as I close, friends, pursue wisdom. Go after it. Seek it. It's a blessing. It's better than being a fool. Pray for wisdom. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, Google it. No, it doesn't say Google it. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. And by the way, asking for wisdom doesn't mean, to grow in wisdom isn't to be given the answer. That's how you don't grow in wisdom, right? When we ask for God's wisdom on something, that doesn't mean that God's going to give us the answer to it. We're asking for God to grow us in Christ-likeness so we might be the kind of people who take Christ-like, godly, good decisions. That's what you're asking for when you pray for wisdom. So pray for wisdom. And, and seek it in God's word. There's a reason we're in the book of Ecclesiastes, part of God's wisdom literature. God has given us his wisdom in, in the scriptures and not just in those books that are called the wisdom literature, in every page of scripture because it's all about Jesus, the word and the wisdom of God. So if you're serious about wisdom, that's going to mean opening up the Bible. It's going to mean seeking to hear God's voice but ultimately to truly pursue wisdom, to long for wisdom, is to long for Jesus. To long just, not just to know how the world works or what it would be like to be, able, be the kind of person who plans better or responds better to adversity, but to long for Jesus to want to walk more closely with him, to, to want to hear his voice and to put his words into practice, to come to him every day for the wisdom we so desperately need. That's what true wisdom looks like. That's the kind of wisdom that shelters us through death and will light our path to everlasting glory.